Johnny, you're you're clean shaven. Yes, sir. That's weird. It gets gross. <laughs> you know, like like it's happened to all of us. Like you're eating food, and then yeah. it gets oh, like yeah, it's like eh, it's probably time. It's I would been ha- very long, probably that time. I've, that I've always had a napkin in one hand, and after every fucking bite, I'm just rubbing my fucking. Oh face. god. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I would be like eating a like a sandwich, like a the big thick sub. And I'd just be like, nah, and like I'd cut through layers of bread and stuff, and I'd finally get down. And I'd bite down, and I can feel hairs just being yanked out of my lip. And I'm like, oh, and oh, now I have or to sipping a soda can. Damn. Well, now I have to eat them because they're in there with the food. So I either spit out this bite or I have to eat my hair. When you were describing the noise you make, it sounded like that guy from the was it Intervention or whatever. The guy was like. I'm a move in use. Hey, you! <laughs> oh my god, was that Miss Dalfire? Yeah. Help yeah. <laughs> on the way, dear! Hello! Man, that's a good We should talk about Miss Dalfire sometimes. She's got a power tool in the bedroom, dear. I can't bring myself to rewatch anything with Robin Williams in it because it makes me too sad. It's too sad. I know. I know. We watched that a couple weeks ago, and I hadn't seen it in years. Uh, yeah. It's it's a lot more adult than you would remember. Like it's like funny, but at the same time, it's like God, this is like a real it's sad, like really sad portrait of a of a bad marriage. Yeah, <laughs> a horrible marriage. You know? just yeah. A, yeah. I saw a picture after Gilbert Gottfried died, and it was like the genie with his arm around Diago, and I was like, mm. oh. They all dying. It may, made me sad. Yeah. They, they all dying. They all dying. Nathan Lane is still alive. Who? Nathan Lane. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. glad we could all get together and uh and hang out and talk about dr strange this evening um so uh we've all seen the film uh and kellen is here because and kellen you're normally not here when we talk about marvel movies um but you're here because it was actually you who's i think i heard feedback from first because you me and john all saw the same like opening night yeah, my my friend Jan, he uh he gets like so you remember when movie premieres used to be Friday night and then they were like Friday at midnight AM yeah. and now it's like Thursday middle of the day Thursday. Yeah. yeah, so he got like 4 p.m. tickets for it and I was like I got to ask off of work to go see an MC like my boss will never believe me. He'd be <laughs> yeah. like you don't go to those movies. <laughs> I so, must be in the multiverse yeah. of madness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so you were the first one to give feedback and I think John saw it like an hour before I did. And then Dustin just saw it this past weekend. Yeah. So by the time this episode's out, it's going to be, uh, probably the week before Memorial day. Um, so it will have been in theaters for almost a month. Uh, so I did want to talk really briefly about whether or not the the four of us non-spoilers would recommend people see it, but I know that we can't really get into it. What I don't want to do is talk about the movie a full pass with no spoilers and then give it another full pass with spoilers because then we're just going to 
hit the same beats. Sure. So, um, I think it'd be more fun if we just went around and just briefly just said whether or not we'd recommend people go see it in the theater. And then we can just hit spoilers and talk about the stuff we want to talk about. Um, Kellen, you go first since you saw it first. Uh, I got some relatively succinct, uh, for that. I, I would say there's like three tiers to it. If you're an MCU person, just see it. Cause you're going to see it. Cause you see everything. Uh, <laughs> if you are, if you are a person who is burnt on burnt out on MCU films because you're like me and you feel like you're just seeing the same movie over and over again, at least this one has enough of a unique spin on it. And if you've ever liked Sam Raimi stuff in the past and you don't mind like a watered down version of it a little bit, um, or at least his little twist on some things in the MCU formula, go see it. And then if you just like don't give a crap, then you're probably not going to like it. So don't go see it. So. <laughs> That's two out of three suggest to go see. That's I guess that's a suggestion. John. Yeah, I would I would definitely recommend it. Um, I think the only caveat I have with that is that I think th- this has been a problem with some Marvel films in the past, but there's a lot of, of, of baggage and things like that with this movie. So you would have had to have seen X amount of things before this to really grasp and, and understand what's happening. So um, with that caveat, if you're caught up on on stuff, you'll you'll enjoy it, and if if you're not, it's going to be incredibly confusing. So, <laughs> but I would recommend it. Um, I'll say that uh, I'm kind of approach it similar to you, Kellen, where it's like you know, Marvel fans are going to see it anyways. I think Sam Raimi fans will really enjoy it. It's very much a Sam Raimi movie, um, in a lot of distinct ways, um. And I also agree that if, I mean, I think that although I don't recommend just dropping in on a random Marvel movie just to, for an evening of entertainment, I think, I think that it's, uh, <laughs> excuse me, it's, it's okay. Um, I think that, um, well, shit, I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> so Dustin, <laughs> my wife, my wife just sneezed that thought right out of my brain. <laughs> So, Dustin, while I try to remember what the fuck I was about to say. Um, So the way that I look at it is if you're watching this for a recommendation, then you're not a Marvel fan because Marvel fans have already seen it. If you're looking for a recommendation, you're probably somebody who is on the fence and is like, hey, I'm not super invested in this MCU thing or I'm kind of invested or I was invested at one point. Now I'm not that kind of thing. Um, And to somebody like that, I would say be aware that like John said, there's baggage and you're going to have to catch up on some things or be okay with the small amount of exposition you may get in this to explain them. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're just sort of like a lay person who's like, I don't know, I kind of see Marvel movies every once in a while. I don't think there's anything here that's groundbreaking. That's going to be like, Oh yeah, you need to rush out and see this. If you're not, even if you aren't invested in Marvel, I can't say that. So I'm just going to say like, um, it's a light recommendation in that, you know, if you're, if you are casual about it and, but on the interested side, just go ahead and see it. But if you're not interested, there's nothing here to entice you. Can I qualify something that Dustin was saying? Sure. As, as an MCU or as a person who only dips in every now and then to the MCU. Mm Mm-hmm which is what I did for this film. I think the reason why I 
liked it more than normal is just that I was surprised by what I saw. Yes. In, in some capacity after just never being surprised by any of these films. Yeah. At this point, I, I guess I'll say that. Well then, all right, well then let's just, let's just say now that we're going to spoil the rest of the movie. Um, because I want to talk about very specific things with you guys that are super relevant to the plot. And, um, you know, if, if, if the simple phrase, Hey, generally you should see it doesn't convince people who are on the fence to go see it, then nothing will. So I'm assuming um, if you're listening to this, you're not necessarily looking for a recommendation. You, you want to hear us talk about what it. All, what all we yeah. think. So, so I want to, I don't know where we want to start. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about Elizabeth Olsen or sure we do. I do. I'd like to, um, <laughs> somebody does. Yeah, I, I clearly I do. Um, so uh, just my bullet points of what I thought really worked about this movie. I really, I, I want to underscore really prominently Danny Elfman, um, for this score. I, I loved, um, I loved how, how prominent it was in the movie. I've we've seen, I'm seeing a lot of movies lately where I'm noticing how much score matters to me. Like the Batman was like that. I really thought that that score was a big part of what worked about that movie. Just this constant presence, setting the mood, um, and keeping momentum. And I thought that it was the same with, um, with Danny Elfman's score here is just great. I loved these, you know, I wouldn't, I don't want to call them crash zooms cause they're not, they're not zooms, but they are like extremely fast dolly moves on characters in this movie. I thought was great. I loved, um, very Raimi, very Raimi. I loved, um, I loved the, I loved the, um, you know, little campy jump scares, uh, that Raimi likes to do. And I really, to piggyback on Kellen's point, I really appreciated that I wouldn't call them necessarily like big stakes in this movie, but like, I appreciate that there was a scene where Wanda just, where Wanda just kills a bunch of superheroes. Um, and, and it was pretty gruesome. Like it was the first time I've seen one of these movies where I thought, I don't know if I can show this to my kids quite yet, you know? Um, a little, a little too, a little too graphic, a little too sinister. Um, and so that leads me to my, my main point that I guess I wanted to bring up, which was I'm still wrestling with how I feel about Wanda's actions in this movie. You know, you come off the show where you feel like she has not quite resolved what's going on with her and her loss and all the stuff that she's going through, but you feel that there's like, maybe a lesson learned like, okay, I took it too far. I should take a step back. But then again, at the end of WandaVision, she's going through the, whatever the, the, what's the name of the, the evil, the Necronomicon, the dark hold, hold. um, and, and, and clearly using it to study the multiverse and manipulate stuff. And so I'm torn. I'm of two minds. Part of me is like, I, I hate that this character is just a full blown villain now who, you know, uh, so uh, definitively kind of turns her back on the values of the group that she's in the Avengers. But then another part of me is like, I don't know. I kind of like it because it's more interesting than a random like, hello, I'm the villain. I'll be here for this movie and then I'll be gone. And I have silly (laughs) reasons to oppose the protagonist. So the thing that kind of jumped into my mind is uh, maybe you guys know this, but I stopped watching WandaVision in the middle of the finale um, cause it, it just turned into like a, you know, vision on vision laser fight. And I was just like, I, 
something came up and I just never went and finished it. But the prevailing feeling I had when watching the show is like Wanda is irredeemable mm-hmm. um, on a certain level. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, what kind of character like laundering of of, of like her fault are they going to do on her for her to like maintain as an MCU uh, hero? And then when I watched this movie, I didn't know that she was the villain. And I was just like, oh, at least they stuck it out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm kind of torn as well because. She has been around for so long and, and was presented as a hero throughout most of that time. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it was interesting because half, halfway through the movie, I kept expecting, like, when is the real villain going to show up? And and then it, it, like you reach a certain point, and you're like, oh, she is the, the villain in this film. Like, And I thought, like, again, these films usually play pretty safe even when they take risks. It's not like, you know an incredible risk but it was a bold move to have her be the straight up antagonist for this movie and do the things that she did throughout her journey in this movie so um i respect it anytime that the mcu kind of like like was said before anytime it surprises me i think that's good because it's it's been around for so long there have been so many of these movies and uh the scarlet witch up until wandavision was kind of you know she was there, but it, it it would be hard to define any big characteristics for her. Um, so I don't know. It was interesting. And it, it it elevated that character in a way that hadn't been done before. And I thought Elizabeth Olsen was really good. Um, and I'm sure she loved playing something a little different, you know. And if this, this is the last time that we see that character, you know, I wouldn't be upset about that because it's a hell of a way to go out for that performance and that, that whole character. So. Yeah, and I mostly agree. I mean, I think um, coming off of WandaVision, uh, I, I wanted her story to continue. I wanted her arc to continue. And any time that a character is given an arc over multiple films in this franchise, it's great because a lot of times characters can stagnate in a franchise like this. Um, so allowing her to continue that story was great and unexpected. I also did not know she was the villain of this. I just kind of stayed away from all the marketing. So I didn't know, I don't know if that was revealed or not. Um, but, but I didn't know that. Um, so it was cool to see that. I think, I think ultimately it does feel like we're missing a piece like between WandaVision and this, um, I would have loved to see her be further pulled in the evil direction or at least struggling with some sort of like shame of what it was that she had done. And, you know, we get a, a quick glimpse of it when uh, we're, we're in spoilers. So when uh, Professor Xavier enters her mind that Wanda is still in there under the rubble, so to speak, um, had we seen more of that, I think maybe that missing piece wouldn't have been felt so heavily. Um, but to me, it did feel like we skipped over the struggle of of turning evil and then she just was evil. Um, so it, it, it's a double-edged sword because I love that she is, and they stuck out this, this character arc, but it feels like we're missing a piece of it. Um, and, and do I think this is the last time we'll see her? Uh, probably not. Um, would I be okay if it was? Yes and no. Um, I think she's an interesting character and this film proved that she has a, a great power set. And after having watched WandaVision, um, I expected her to be around for quite some time. Um, like they invested an entire series for her. Like she's going to be around for a while, I thought. So I'm, I'm okay with it story-wise. I'm also not okay with it. But um, but I do think that um, 
I do think it was fun to watch. And, and I think that, um, her, the way they, they showed visually what her powers were, was far more interesting in this at times than ever in WandaVision. Um, you know, because at the end of WandaVision, like Kellen said, it just becomes like a laser battle. And in this, there's that really cool moment that stuck out where she's searching all of the soldiers in Carmitage to figure out who can I, uh, who can I talk into letting me in? Um, like that's a really cool sequence. Um, and so stuff like that, I really enjoyed. Um, and if we're, if we're talking about her powers, um, you know, that's, that's the standout stuff. Even if I felt like sometimes the power level was up and down, like, you know, oh, she is, she's super powerful. Then this shouldn't be a problem, but then it becomes a problem for a few minutes. And then like, oh, but then this, you know, you know, it, it was, it was strange how her power level bounced. It seemed like, but but having said that, like it, there were some really cool moments in there. I think I think what I really wanted was to see more of Wanda struggling in this film. Like I said, you know, we saw a little bit of it, but, um, you know, I my mind goes to what is probably the best cinematic interpretation of being possessed by a thing um, and and kind of falling to it is the Lord of the Rings. And we see Frodo struggle with this for movies, uh, you know these three films where he's just being pulled apart by this, this ring. Um, if we had seen something similar from the dark hold for her, I think that would have gone a long way. Um, so that's what I'm missing. I think out of it. I, I think I totally, it didn't click until you just said that I'm like, Oh, for a character that was treated as a protagonist that we tended to see that side of things to literally just flip the dynamic and she's a villain and doesn't get that screen time. Yeah, I didn't really put that yeah. together she, until you just said that. She, it, it's she touched upon it. briefly at the end of WandaVision, but incredibly briefly. So I, I agree, like some additional context to what has taken place between those two events would have been incredibly helpful. <laughs> she does show up like the monster in a, in a horror movie. And, yeah. you yeah. know, you never you never get insight into Jason Voorhees when he's behind a tree with his machete. Like, <laughs> oh, why am I doing this? Like, right, you know. exactly. <laughs> I do. I, I hope that's his voice too. By the way, um, <laughs> oh, what, what oh, am I doing? Don Don Knotts. I don't want to kill people. What am I doing here? I, I don't even know where I got this hockey mask. <laughs> I shouldn't be here. Um, yeah, but but I thought I thought it was cool. I mean, you know, it, yes, she deserved that level of attention, and and it would have been cool had had she received some of that. And I think at the end they tried, it was like, okay, you know, we're going to give you this moment where y you see kind of what your actions would, would do to your children. Um, and, and that, but like, that's too little too late. Like that's the end of her arc. I think seeing the struggle along the way would have, would have gone a long way. Um, and then, and I do also think it's a little weird that she like, didn't mention vision at all. Like, does correct me if I'm wrong? Does she know that White Vision is out there somewhere? Who? I what? don't know. So it's like, well, if White Vision's out there and she knows, or even if she doesn't, shouldn't she also be kind of looking for him? It just seems weird that like they just completely it was just the children. Yeah, like they completely forgot about Vision. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Yeah, especially since Vision, it, it's like Vision's character is so tied in with Scarlet Witches and, and vice versa. So it's like it was odd that 
because I, I was expecting like a post credit scene with yeah. Vision, to, yeah. but it was just like, I don't know. So, Kellen, to answer your question, Vision is dead. But by the end of yeah. uh, by the end of WandaVision, the the U.S. military, whoever it was, the shield was sword. a shield sword. Sword, yeah. sword had created a another Vision, um, and he goes and meets the fake Vision that Wanda has conjured, um, and they have this, oh, and they fight. Well, they have the they ha- they do, but they also like talk philosophy with each other and then yeah. white visions like all right y'all i'm gonna peace out and go explore the world guys bye and just flies well, he away. does get the other the it was it was like weird because the the platinum vision has like vision's body like that's yes. like reassembled vision his, parts his actual real and body. then his his like soul if you will is the one in like the the traditional vision that we see throughout wandavision yeah. yes. and so like the the traditional vision like Basically, all of Vision's memories are locked by Sword in this new Vision, and the old Vision like un- unlocks them. So this new Vision has all of the data from the old Vision, and right. it, he like the last you see of him, he like he like flies away. He's like he can't process like all of this, th- all of this stuff, and yeah, he, that's the last you see him. Yeah, he's like, oh shit, I need the to overload. think about all this. Yeah. And he flies away. So Vision's out there, and it's just weird that Wanda's not looking for him. And they chose this movie to potentially kill this character. Why? I don't know. I know that a lot changed in production. I think a lot of it had to do with the reshuffle, because this was supposed to come out before Spider-Man originally. Hmm. Um, For real? I believe so. And then they had to change a couple of scenes to then occur after Spider-Man. Because the because his relationship with the multiverse is different depending on when this movie takes place. Yeah. Um, did, did anyone else think it was odd? Speaking of Spider Man, when they were like, "Yeah, this thing with Spider Man just happened recently, or whatever," and and I was like, "Do you remember who, who he was though?" Are you just, but but it, like, yeah. it was odd to me that it, it occurred so soon after that film, and it was like mm-hmm. they they're supposed supposedly forgotten who Peter was, you know, like. Yeah. It would it would have been great if like someone asked a follow up question about Spider Man and then they're like, I don't know or yeah. so, like something yeah, to yeah. illustrate because it was odd that he was just name dropped and but there was no sort of confusion around <laughs> who yeah. he was or anything you know I but it, know. but it does seem like a, a drop thread for sure. I mean, mostly for me, like this movie. What's good about the movie? It's not so much like a structural satisfaction of a character journey like some of the other Marvel movies have. It's purely like. I think this is a fun, a fun movie where some kind of messed up things happen uh, to characters that we are invested in. And uh, we got a couple, we got a a new character who is okay. You know, I don't know how y'all feel about America Chavez, um, but yeah, (laughs) sort man. I mean, she, she really is a a plot device. Yeah. (laughs) She, but she's a plot device. It's hard to say how she'll be treated post. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she screamed a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She pointed and went, ah, yeah. I felt, I felt bad for the actress sometimes because she doesn't have a lot to do. She is kind of a plot device, you know? Uh, Yeah. I think we'll see her again. So hopefully that they're able to kind of uh, give her a little bit more to do, but, um, how come at the end she got to call him Steven, but Peter didn't? I think he doesn't remember that he that he told Peter he can't. <laughs> no, but that's just sad. Come on. <laughs> um, all right. Can I can we address I I want to address um probably the biggest spoilery elephant in the room and we can fill in other thoughts around it, but 
I think we should talk about the Illuminati scene. Okay. Um, so this is where the movie grinded to a halt for me, but okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. All right. Let's get into this. So, yeah. So at a certain point in the movie, he obviously, you know, he gets, he gets kind of caught in the university's end and he has to stand before this tribunal of multiversal, uh, well, not even multiversal, just that universe's heroes, their Avengers basically. And then we get, you know, this scene of where we, we have a live action Captain Carter played in live action by Haley Atwell. Um, and then we've got Lashana Lynch as Captain Marvel. Uh, and then Black Bolt, is that his name? Who I guess is one of the Inhumans. So maybe some Marvel fans would be aware of him from that failed show or whatever. Um but I, I didn't. It was odd when he popped up because I knew who he was, but I never watched the human. So just either. from comics yeah. lore, I, I was like, oh, cool. And then I was like, yeah. oh, that's right. He was, he was in that show. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know that I ever knew this show existed until afterwards. I was like, oh, I uh, and then, and yeah, then, I've, to this, I've never seen any of it. I have no interest in, yeah. even after this looking at it. But of course it, but. they explain what he can do fairly quickly. So it was, it was yeah. like, oh, yeah. that's fine. Cool. Yeah. And then we've got, Reed Richards played by John Krasinski. So I'll just give my thoughts real quick on those people showing up. And, and you forgot. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, so, and then, and then and his yellow, his yellow scooter. Yeah. His yellow sco- yeah, <laughs> yeah the, comics the, accurate. From, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Look over here, Charles, Charles, my helmet. Charles. <laughs> my helmet. Uh, my suit's so tight. Um, the I, I so seeing those actors as those characters. Um, so I, again, I, I think I, I I saw one of the TV spots after the fact, and so I saw the British shield being thrown. I was like, geez, they just sort of let people know that Captain Carter was in this movie. Um, so I, I liked that their appearance is brief. Um, I'll just give my thoughts, sort of just kind of going, they're not really that organized. I liked that the scene that their appearance in the movie is, is limited to this one scene. Um, which is good. Um, I liked that Wanda kills all of them. Uh, cause I thought that that was a pretty easy way for her to showcase the lethality of her power set without killing characters that have a larger ripple effect in this franchise. They're red um, yeah, they are. They are red shirts. Yeah. And you don't, and, and you feel like about halfway through the scene, you realize like, oh, they're red shirts. Like, you know, she kills Black Bolt and you're like, that's cool. I don't even know who that guy is. But then, she, <laughs> but, but <laughs> his life means nothing to me. <laughs> I've never met this guy. I don't like him. But then he peels, she peels Reed Richards apart. And it's like, oh, okay. Because, yeah, like, like, like string cheese. And it's like, people think, I think a lot of people think that he is now Reed Richards, like in this new fantastic four movie, like, Oh, he's in this movie. So he's going to be Reed Richards in that movie, which has not been addressed or confirmed, which I think is just them. You testing would think the if waters. it was him, they would come they, out they and would say have announced he is, it. but, but yeah, 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 exactly. So I have mixed feelings about that because if you don't cast him and let him be Reed Richards in the next movie, you're going to piss a lot of people off. But at the same time, if you do cast him, I don't know, you should announce it so that there's no ambiguity. Maybe they're waiting for more people to see the movie. I don't know. 
Uh, it's kind of impossible to Google anything without John Krasinski, Reed Richards showing up in your search bar. And, and we also forgot to mention that a version of uh, Mordo is also on, on the yes. Illuminati as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but that's, but that's by the same, but that's, she was right, but, 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 yeah. but like, I was Mordo. <laughs> <laughs> but but John Krasinski, um, I feel like what they're doing is testing the waters. Like, let's see how, it, it, like, I feel like they've cast him and they're going like, unless the reaction to this is really bad, we'll go ahead and announce this in like six weeks. That's that's what I think. I think they're testing the waters. I think they're doing a whole leaked Joker scene with this Reed Richards casting in this movie. That's what I think, at least. Uh, and then with Charles Xavier, I was it was really it was really nice to see him, even though he was like, I'm done as Professor Xavier. But the reason I'm cool with all of this is because this scene is is limited to this movie. We're, we're, there's no indication that we're going to get more movies where we're going to have Captain Carter and uh, and Charles Xavier and Black Bolt, like in, in other universes, like it just seemed like a fun th- throwback or, you know, callback to what if a chance for Haley Atwell to actually put the costume on and do some stuff. And the same for Lashana Lynch, just Captain Marvel, give her something to do, a moment to shine, have some powers instead of just being in a movie. And then now I'm dead. <laughs> Like now I, now I died and dying off screen with like some horrible illness. I think it was. Um, so there's that. McGregor syndrome. What? McGregor. No. <laughs> it's like a comic book uh, illnesses. Oh, see, I didn't know where not to laugh. Cause I didn't know if that was like a real disease. And then like, no, my uncle has it, you know? <laughs> Um, Wait, wasn't that, wasn't that that what the red letter media joked about uh, Alfred having having in the Batman and Robin comic? He has it. That that he has it. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. What's McGregor syndrome? Okay, McGregor syndrome. So I don't know. I don't know how y'all felt about about that scene, about the casting, about the use, about the length, Dustin, um, about the utility within the story. I thought it was fun, but I I can see where any of you guys might have issues with it. Let, let, let me, let me just say this. Think, think of this. So instead of the characters that we see, I think it would have been so much more effective from a narrative standpoint. If the Illuminati was made up of characters that we knew. And I understand that maybe like certain people don't want to come back or whatever, but it would have been so much better for me if she was killing people that she knew. Like mm-hmm. if let, let's say Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers. at Clint Barton, who, you know, yeah. whoever, right? It because it, they did pick characters that are traditionally like on the Illuminati, so I can't fault them for that, right? Yeah. But I think it would have been stronger if you ha- if you brought back some of those actors that we've seen Scarlet Witch interact with in the past, and then she has to murder like versions of them, and I think that would have been a really like powerful moment of like, oh my god, I just they're not, I don't know these people, but they are like versions of my friends that I just murdered um, because it just kind of turned into like, I'm killing all these people. I don't even know them. You know, I don't know. Um, And I like, it's, it's odd because I've seen every one of these movies except Eternals in theaters and you used to go see them and it would be like, maybe, maybe once every three films there'd be a moment where the, the the audience would cheer. Right. And, and ever since Endgame, it's just like, the audience is just like cheering for everything, regardless of whether or not it deserves any sort of applause. It's like, oh, it's, this is this character's name. And you can't hear dialogue for seconds afterwards because the entire <laughs> theater is just 
People on Wikipedia read who Black Bolt was five minutes before they went into the movie so they could see <laughs> like they knew, right? Um, so that whole scene was like, woo, over and over. And I was like, oh, God. And it just – it felt a little fan servicey to me. Um, I I didn't like John Krasinski as Reed, Reed Richards. And I, I get that maybe he won't be Reed going forward. I kind of hope not. Um, I just saw John Krasinski. So did I. Uh, which is no, no fault of his, really, but I don't know. Um, but I will say I did like – like they really went with like the grotesque deaths. It almost felt like um, the Infinity Gauntlet comic storyline, like where where she flipped his mouth around. That happens to Star Fox in the Infinity Gauntlet comic storyline. She removes his mouth and no, Reed Richards Wait, being <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Star Reed Fox? being pulled apart felt like something that was from that storyline. It, it, it was like that. So I, I appreciated that. Um, and again, it definitely cemented her as the villain of the film, right? She is murder, murdering all these innocent people. Yeah. Um, and it was also funny because, like, uh, she's murdered everyone. And then Xavier rolls in and he's like, stop. And <laughs> someone in my theater just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I will say, like, like I, I – Patrick Stewart is fantastic in that role. And like, I didn't care for those X-Men movies, but him and uh, uh, Ian McKellen were perfectly cast. But I will say, I think, I think Patrick Stewart is just a little too old now. He was so Um, frail looking. I I was uncomfortable because I was like, she's going to kill him and it's going to look like she is really killing an old man. Yeah. We've seen him die like 15 times in the X-Men franchise. Good lord. But this one was all like, imagine what this looked like to someone standing in the room, right? Like he just goes, stop. And he rolls up to her. And then like three seconds later, he just leans (laughs) over. (laughs) Like, I would love to see a clip of that in real time, minus the stuff in the head. Like, I want some America's POV. Yeah, just like, stop. And I brought up the Mordo thing because I it ties into how I felt about his character throughout the whole thing too. Cause that's really the, the only he's in that scene and, and like the, the scene right before it. But it was odd to me because I, I was really looking forward to seeing that character return in some sort of meaningful regard. And it was like, not only did he not return, it was a different version of Mordo. And, and then and there was like a throwaway a line about how he's like, he's been trying to kill me. And I was like, when? wait, like, wait, 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 whenever I saw this week- guy, like, um, it was the so last odd we to me. see him I, is in that pit. Yes. What? Oh yes. my god! <laughs> he, he's still there to this day. He can't get out. So that, that like, and, and uh, make me a cheeseburger, please. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it sucks because I like to tell Edgy for, and I like that character because I like that he wasn't like presented as a villain at the end of Doctor Strange. They had a differing point of view about yes. how magic should be used, yeah. and there was like a build up to where he could eventually turn into uh, an antagonist for strange himself. And then it was just kind of like, well, there's gotta be a doctor strange. And how about it's, how about it's him? I don't know. <laughs> it, it, that, that fell flat for me. Um, that, that was my thoughts on that. Scene. I will say like, I feel like the MCU is trending into more. They're really leaning into those scenes because that's the, those are the scenes that people talk about and, yeah. and oh my, oh my gosh, it was, you know, but I feel like if they're done poorly, they can really affect like Dustin said, it can kind of like grind the film to a halt. And it's just like hit after hit of like, here's this character and here's this, here's Charles Xavier and Reed Richards. Isn't this cool? And I don't know. Here's the scene. Everyone's going to put on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So 
I will say if, if I had to pick like one scene out of the movie that didn't really quite work for me, it was it, w- it would be that one. And it wasn't bad. It was just I felt like it could have been done better and and um, less gimmicky, if that makes sense. Kellen, what do you think? And then and then I'll bring it. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll be pretty quick about it. So, you know me, I'm not, I'm not a huge comic book person. Uh, I'm not a big MCU fan. Uh, so like when they do this kind of fan surfacey stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, but the scene is, it's, it's, it's curious because it's, it's both one of the reasons why I like the movie more than I usually like these films. And it's also one of the worst indicators of where things are going. Um, so the reason why I, I dug it is because I've never gone to an MCU movie and been surprised by a level of violence or a level of like tolerance for um, kind of grotesque things. It's just not something you expect to happen. So I think they took the very, very easy way out um, by making it not only characters we haven't seen before. um, uh, Sorry, we've seen plenty of these characters before, but um, not consequential, like John was saying, for the MCU. I thought it was a cop out. It was basically like, yeah, we're going to throw some extra violence in here because like, ooh, Sam Raimi, ooh. but we're going to make it be people that like um, showed up just for this to get like obliterated. Again, I had no idea who. Black Bolt. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> McGregor syndrome. I, I had no idea who that was. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that was just like, oh, they did this in the Matrix. He has no mouth. And then his head exploded. Um, so, so I appreciated it for what it brought to the film in terms of what surprised me, but I also looked at it and went, well, that was an easy way out. Um, so I give it props, but also like take the props immediately back. (laughs) And the thing that upsets me about it though, is that what was the first movie that did the multiverse crossover shit? What was it? It was, um, was it Spider-Man No Way Home? Yeah. Yeah. But then technically Loki's before it and. Well, and then, yeah, you know, Spider-Verse yeah. did what it did. And I think that kind of Spider-Verse is a was a great use of it. Great. But I think it yeah. literally made everybody go, Ooh, you know, and um, and so literally what I found annoying about No Way Home and what I didn't like about this scene is that it's become the new thing is the multiverse thing. And it's more insidious than that, in my opinion, because it's not just, oh, let's play with a multiverse concept, which is really neat. Like if you, any of you saw uh, everything everywhere all at once, like that was a multiverse movie, but it was its own thing. And it played with those concepts in a fun way. But this one is literally like the lawyering up at Disney self congratulating about how we own all of this crap. We have all of this like, um, uh, uh, persuasion to get these characters into this film and it to me it just literally felt like disney being like we own everything <laughs> and it, and, it, and i i hated that element of it and i hated that in spider-man and i hated that in this and even if they do something fun and nifty with it it's just gross to me i don't know i thought it worked better in spider-man but um even that wasn't perfect. And I, I forgot to say too, that I did like the fact that they went like just bonkers, like with how everyone died. Like it was shocking to see that. Yes. Um, so I did appreciate like the, with the black bolt firing the, uh, into his own brain and everything like that. Like it was like, Holy shit. This is, this is like very different for the MCU. So I did appreciate it on that level. I don't want you to, I don't want anyone to think I'm like, shitting on that scene because it did do some things right but but generally it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way in the in 
in the same way that the worst things about No Way Home did, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I mostly agree. I, I'm not going to sit here and hate on it either, because at the end of the day, the violence uh, was was interesting, um, and and it's cool seeing a character as powerful as Wanda let loose and just kind of obliterate people. Um, because that, that's the thing is you have these heroes and villains that have these huge powers and, but they never use them to their full extent. It's kind of like, you know, just playing with, with your training wheels on, but anytime you can take those off, it's like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so, um, but here, here's my problem with it just in a, in a story sense. Um, not just the fact that everybody's red shirts and everybody is inconsequential, but here's the thing. Action only works when we're invested in the characters who are actioning. Um, if, if Die Hard, it's a great film, best action movie ever made, debatably. But if we didn't care for John McClane, it wouldn't mean anything. Um, so watching Reed Richards and Black Bolt and blah, 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 blah fight, I don't care like i don't have a reason to care i don't want these people to win because i don't care and i don't want her to win because she's the bad guy so i'm like well then who am i rooting for i have nobody i have no stake in this there's nobody to say man you have to prevail because you're the hero you are the guy that i'm rooting for you are the girl that i'm rooting for i i don't have that in this scene they were very smug too they were very smug. And yeah. and for them to be like, this is Reed Richards, the world's smartest man. For him to go up and be like, hey, everybody. And then as soon as she's like, you ain't got a mouth, then he just stands there and goes, oh, wow, that was pretty, that was pretty smart. Oh, 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 God. And so then, the thing is to reach for her. Yeah, yeah, he goes. He was like, oh, this will stop slow. her. It's not even like, oh, it's like. So, so Dustin, I saw something on the internet that, like, I don't know this about him, but apparently Reed Richards is supposed to be the smartest human ever to live or some shit, like, more than anybody they else. They say that in, the, in this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah, then, and, yeah. and then he immediately tells her exactly what this guy to his right can do to her. And she's yes. like, oh, okay, I'll just make him not have a mouth. And it's like, smartest man in the fucking so world. But to your point the uh, what that means to me is that uh, you're saying like oh well we have to care to what it means to me is that disney and you know it, producers are just literally like what won't upset people oh if we if we put these this this like violence and stuff it'll catch people off guards but like we don't want to upset anybody so let's make sure it's people that nobody's invested in and then right. just undercuts any yeah. amount of like weight that it could have so yeah yeah, and no, and I agree. And then but then I also think like it's it's a little bit ill-defined. Like, okay, the black bolt thing makes complete sense. The Captain Carter thing, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Reed Richards, it's like you ripped him apart. I mean, okay, but it's not like it's not super clever. You just ripped him apart. You could have done that to somebody without stretchy powers. <laughs> why why does that matter? And then and then and then with with uh Captain Marvel, it's like I'm going to throw a rock on her. That'll kill her. No, it was a statue. Excuse me. It was me. a statue. And I'm like, you mean the same Captain Marvel, presumably, that crashes through ships at the speed of light? Listen, you- rocks in this movie are no joke. They bury two people 
<laughs> this must be the multiverse where rocks, rocks weigh eight are million megatons. Rocks are like. extra bad in this universe. <laughs> rocks are a hundred times more dangerous than they are in this universe. And they're racist. Like I, 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 I don't understand. Like I don't understand why they were just like hey, rock. A rock falls yeah. on her. I don't know. Just write the next scene. Come on. Yeah. And like that's the way that come came across to me. And so again, it's like okay, the power levels are all over the place. And also I just don't, I don't care for any of these characters. Like the only one that I have any sort of like slight care for is professor Xavier. But even then I'm like, but that's not again. I I'm with John. I didn't love the Fox X-Men movies, but I'm like, but this isn't even him. Like this is just some other guy. And, and you know, I don't know. And then they wasted that really cool scene that could have been cool where he's in her mind and they were just like, Wanda, I'll help you. Gone. <laughs> Done. That's the end of that scene. And so it, it, it's a cool jump scare, sure, but it's a waste of a scene. And so what you end up with is, um, and then, and of course, the scene before that where they're like, well, let me tell you a story about the other Doctor Strange and how we killed him. And it's like, that doesn't, that to me. <laughs> it sounds like a, someone out in front of like Cracker Barrel country store. Like, like, I will miss you, my friend. Before he gets obliterated by this guy, I was like, yes. "Oh my god!" Yeah, I also, I also thought the the fan servicey moment of like using the '90s X Men animated series theme was weird, and and the theatrical like I, I laughed a little bit in the theater when they did the theatrical entrance of Reed Richards because Mordo literally he's like going down the line and like introducing everybody. He introduces Reed before Reed's there. He's like, and. The smartest man in the world, Reed Richards. And then the portal opens up and Reed they steps They were accounting like, for the woos and the applause. It's like yeah, built I'm into, like, yeah. I'm like, I guess Reed was like in the next room, like watching it on surveillance. It was like, there's my cue. <laughs> ready, Here we go. go. And Showtime, like, baby. It, it's and, so and theatrical. My, my response to that was, oh yeah, Disney bought Fox. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and don't don't forget that like anytime Captain America or Captain Carter it comes into a room, they have to throw the shield in a dramatic yeah. way wow. to signal I'm in the room. It has to bounce off a bunch of walls <laughs> first, you know, and then you catch it, and it's like here I, I am. If, you know? if I if I had been mortar, I'd been like, will you fucking stop that? Look at these walls. Look at these walls. Look at what you're doing to my walls. Yeah, you're taking like last pieces. meeting of the Illuminati. These are, these are we passed walls. this. <laughs> Look at this. Look at yeah. look don't no, look at it. He just sits down and he goes, God damn it, Peggy. <laughs> She's always doing this. She's got an axe yeah. to grind with the with the marble walls. Yeah. But I like I like I did like John Krasinski as Reed. Like I, I think he was written poorly for the smartest man in the world, was not very smart. But but I, I liked I liked him. I hope he continues. Yeah. Um yeah, that's all I can say. But I do want to I do want to talk next or, or at least at some point about Kellen's point about the multiverse and how it's been handled from Loki through uh, this film and, and kind of what we expect for the future. I hope um, it's the last. I hope this is the last we see. Uh, it. Yes, uh, agree. It, it won't be. Um, I, I, I would like for it to also it won't be, be dead until Hugh Jackman shows up. 
Oh, they can cross that one off oh, the list too. Oh my god, uh, Ryan Reynolds Deadpool is going to show <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll he'll come from the R-rated universe. Yeah, we've talked. So about I'm think I'm talking the old one from the Wolverine origin. <laughs> uh, well, that one too. Um, Bring back but, Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> Taylor Kitsch, yes. Um, yeah. So look, here's here's the deal. I I I think that multiverse may be one of the worst things to ever happen to comics. Um, it to me is kind of the laziest Hot way. Take. It, 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 it's a cool idea. I'll get. I'll give you that. What about McGregor all, syndrome? But, <laughs> How many people has that killed? I, I want to go to the universe where everybody's got it. <laughs> um, but but it's also really lazy because it gives writers who are terrible at creating original things a, a, a way to be like, but they're dogs now. Everyone's a dog, and, and or or whatever they want to do, they can do it, and they don't have to think about it. They, they can just be like, hey hey, uh uh uh, Gwen Stacy, she's Deadpool. It's like you, you can just do anything that you want. Um, I know it's DC, but are you saying you're not a fan of the Jurassic League? <laughs> it's DC. I'm a fan of everything. But, <laughs> I, uh, but um, this got nothing to do with this. That not, <laughs> hey, look, I loved Alligator Loki, so I'm on board with yeah. with weirdness. I but, didn't watch it. Is it, but was that, it good? But that, that was cool. It, it was yeah. good. Um, but but here here's my thing. The way that it's been handled has been inconsistent. So if you look at Loki, it's like, okay, here's Loki. And we have this like multiverse opening up there. There's variants and whatever else. I'm not entirely sure how that plays into the multiverse or not or whatever, but there's different versions of Loki. There's like an alligator one. There's one played by like, you know, different actors and like a kid and the the comic book one. Yeah. The comic book one. There's like a frog Thor. Like what if Thor's a frog? Like all these, all these things. And then like you get to Spider-Man and it's like, okay, so now the multiverse is also other actors who've played these characters. And then you get to Doctor Strange and it's like, they're all played by Benedict Cumberbatch and they're all played by like, there is no other version. It's not like we, this is, this is one of my big complaints with the film for a film that's called the multiverse. We don't see much of the multiverse. We see like three different verses. Mm -hmm. And, and as far as the multiverse of madness, there's not much madness in the film. There, there's not much like craziness. Um, like I expected something kooky, like here's the version of Dr. Strange where he's whatever, you know, it's like, and this he one's a, played a butt on his face and a face on his butt. <laughs> so, so I would, I would honestly chalk that up to marketing, whoever decides the, the name of films, because yeah. it's obviously a play on in the mouth of madness. So like yeah. that yeah. one, I, I don't know. I, Sam Raimi madness pun. I don't know. Also, yeah, go for it. Also, I thought it, I thought this film was onto something very clever while we're talking about titles because this whole time I thought the film was called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's in I it's think in yeah. Multiverse of Madness. Well, that's stupid because if it was and the Multiverse of Madness, Multiverse of Madness is an acronym for Mom, so it's like Doctor Strange and the Mom, and then the Mom oh. is the Scarlet Witch. And that would have been cool and clever. <laughs> Doctor and Strange in the mall. What, what if, That's what a different if it's, movie. What if it's like James Bond in, you know, Goldeneye or something like that? What if it's, what if all of Doctor Strange's movies now, if Spider-Man's got home for some whatever freaking reason, Doctor Strange is going to be <laughs> in. In, in stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm Doctor Strange. I'm in everything. Um, I, um... Don't don't say don't it. Hooper, you don't. are you are trying. We're moving right past it. Uh, you you said and your and mom, and I was gonna say the next one's gonna be called Doctor Strange and your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 
Um, How crass. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so derailed there. But but as far as as far as the multiverse goes, like it's it seems inconsistent. And I wish for this film, which I always assumed was going to maybe this is my fault. I always assumed this was going to be like our biggest, most exhaustive look at the multiverse. It's weird that we got it in like one little uh, one little montage and everything else was just like this world has the Illuminati and lots of flowers. This world is just a different one. We're made of paint of in this. This one. one's paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this one's paint. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it just it, it was a letdown for me because, yeah, we only really saw like two or three like they only went to two or three places in the multiverse um and i really wanted like the montage where they go like to all the different multiverses and you know but it, it didn't happen but anyway it didn't happen yet own, yet but that that's my problem <laughs> mom <And> like, too <laughs> but i think that like um yeah we need we just need to figure out the multiverse because either your multiversal selves don't look like you or they do or it's both or sometimes they're reptiles and other actors who've never played the character before. But if that's the case, then I would expect in each iteration to see that like, OK, Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, here's Donald Glover as Spider-Man, right? It's like, oh, OK, this is an actor who's never played it before. And also here's the Spider-Man who is Spider-Ham, right? I know it's already been done, but you know what I'm saying? And then like, oh, and then here in Multiverse of Madness, here's the the doctor strange who's played by tom cruise and the and the christine palmer who's played by hulk hogan and like then you have like uh you know just weird stuff is is what i'm what i'm going for here yeah i just don't feel like we we that it lived up to its promise there would have been a really cool because like some some of these mcu actors were were brought in for other roles like it would have been fun to see Tom Hiddleston a store and Chris Hemsworth as Loki in one of these yeah. things because since yeah. they were they were brought in to be interchangeable for those roles before they decided who should be who, yeah. like stuff like that would be you know I mean maybe that's more of an SNL skit what, you know where, where like you get a, you you get like yeah. you get like a dozen of like the the MCU actors and say all right Scarlett Johansson you're gonna play Tony Stark all right D- Downey you're gonna play uh well, I don't know Hawkeye you know what I mean like just yeah let's just see your yeah. interpretation of these characters yeah. like as a fun thing. So maybe that, maybe that's gimmicky, but, but, but ultimately we do also have to understand that the multiverse is inherently a gimmicky thing. Yeah. And, and right. in, a, in, in, in a, in, in the first, in the infinity saga, it felt like everything was building to Thanos in this. It's like, okay, we've got the multiverse, but we also have like all of these other things that are happening, like the eternals and the celestials. And then we've got, you know, all just there, there's just too much happening uh, for it to feel cohesive. Again. Well, so that actually was something I was thinking about, yeah. about bringing up is do uh, is the idea that they're trying to separate these uh, separate these things more now that so they can like do more different, interesting things like imagine taking a superhero that's more conducive to something darker, grittier or whatever like that. And like Daredevil. going it, going it with it in that direction so that they don't have to fucking link up anymore. Or are they just going to do such a, sh- like a crappy tenuous job of doing it while still saying it's all a cohesive universe, even if they're not building back up towards another big bad that they're going to bring everything together for again. Like what's worse 
for things to go do th- like different things or to all have to play by the same rules on the same playground so that they can come back together. Like, I, I think know. for me, like once they announced those Disney plus shows, the whole thing changed because it, it suddenly ha- you have like the steady stream of content throughout the year. And when they initially announced those like four shows, I think it was first, it was like, Oh, cool. Okay. And then the announcements just like keep coming and it's like shows, shows, shows. Like for me, I think that they're pivoting to be more like the comic universe in that maybe you don't read Hawkeye every month, right? But you read this other book because you like it because it's 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 grittier or it's darker or it's funnier, something like that, right? So it's like, I think they're trying to pivot to that where it's like, you don't need to watch Moon Knight to understand what's happening. It would give you better context for something down the road, but you don't need to watch it because... So, it's just like it's a lot to get through and it and is. but but the comics universe doesn't it's not the same it's not a one for one so it's like i don't know you can do that in comics and it's fine but i think when you have these like big things that cost hundreds of millions of, of dollars to produce and people are expected to watch it all it, it's a different thing so it's not a one for one in that translation does anybody think that it leaves a bunch of dangling stuff though i mean i don't even know a ton of you know in-depth mcu stuff but the thing I was just thinking about, I was like, well, what was the thing about Scrolls and Nick Fury? Not not actually that's still that's still happening, too. That's going to be many for movie, Secret Invasion. How I many think. movies have come out since then? And it's just like we don't talk There's about been, that. Yeah, they're they're saving it. Yeah. And that's like one of my one of my concerns is like like we mentioned Vision before. This would have been the perfect opportunity to like check in and see like this is where he's been. But he's just gone do you know what i mean and i don't know when we'll see him again so it's like things like that that they bring up like i remember like a great example of that in the early mcu was like the leader at the end of the hulk film he's just never brought up again but that's like usually they follow through on stuff like that even if it's like you know a a few films later or something but it's there's a lot of stuff like that out there like like the uh celestial that's like in the ocean you know yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. which would be a major like global event yeah um it'd be on, te- so, it'd yeah, be on tv it, yeah so, so that's like a concern of mine is like those dangling like those threads that yeah. it will take years for some of them to to be followed up on just because there's a queue of things that have to be addressed first because there's so much content yeah because you know they're not going to address the the celestials in Hawkeye, right? Like that. Yeah, that's just right. Gonna happen. They all have to be somewhat appropriate for whatever they're, they're following up. I, I honestly think that part of that is the pandemic messing with the release schedule of these things I, because yeah. you would think that it wouldn't be too much for them to get like ILM just to put like a new news footage behind like Hawkeye walking through some Best Buy or something that just has a like live and you can just see it there and you go, oh, okay, so this has happened, but we're not focused right. on this today. Like, and I would think that, I, I think that since a lot of this stuff did get changed around, I think the connective tissue is a little messy right now in ways that, cause you know, the way they normally seem to do these is they sneak in those little threads during various stages of production to where they're going, Oh, it'd be cool if we shot a little pickup here where we did this. And there's always reshoots because there's, there's other stingers and teasers they're trying to do. Um, but like, I still don't know why Mark Ruffalo isn't the Hulk at the end of Shang-Chi in that hologram, but now he is in this She-Hulk trailer. It's like, 
okay, what's the, what the hell is that about? And it's just yeah, like, I'm I didn't anxious, even think about that. I'm anxious yeah, for She-Hulk takes place before Shang-Chi. I, I, I or know. he, or he can do it. at will. I don't know. So like, it's just, it, which yeah. undercuts the whole reason oh, yeah. for being. Well, so, okay, wait, question. And this is just ignorance. And you guys probably know the answer. The end of Shang-Chi, uh, um, Wong comes and he's just like, come on with me. Yeah. And then, like, we see Wong in this movie, and I'm like, did Shang-Chi just, like, die in, in Karma Taj or whatever? No, he wasn't <laughs> yeah. there. And they, they, they yeah. I, I guess Wong's just playing that close to the vest until. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't get the him. sense that, like, Shang-Chi was staying at Karma Taj. I think it was, like, yeah. they brought him in, and then that scene, he's, yeah. they're looking at the rings, right? Yeah. But, yeah. And, and yeah. I will say with the, with the whole Nick Fury thing, it does seem like that's been a long time. But in reality, like, there, there was, like the films got pushed back when COVID that was like the final film before COVID. And then there was, so there was like that delay, right? So it, it traditionally it wouldn't have been as long, but since black widow got delayed with, you know, year, year and a half, whatever that was, um, oh, it feels heard- longer than it was. Right. But yeah. that's what, that's my point is I think, I think we're going to start seeing more of that where it's like, geez, it's been forever since we've seen X-Men and then they COVID can't be, the, the delays from that really can't be an excuse, you know? But yeah, I mean, I forgot all about like the Elaine Venice thing where she's building that team. And it's like, yeah. when are we going to see that again? Wait, I what? have no idea. What? Yeah. Julia Kellen doesn't know these things. Um, she's building a team. What? She's what like, we, she's like, this? she's like some kind of like a mercenary headhunter person. Um, <laughs> from what? Well, it depends on what you think came first, but Black Widow and, um, Okay, Falcon and so Winter Soldier. I literally was, yeah, it was supposed to be Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right? It's supposed to be. Well, it was so supposed I'm, to be Black Widow first, but it was. It ended up being Falcon and the Winter Soldier. First. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you with a hundred percent, not even seventy five percent certainty whether I watched Black Widow or not. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. This was in a. Was that yeah, the post credit scene for Black Widow? It was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember yeah. if it was at the at the very end of the movie or the post. No, it was it was post credits. Okay, and it was, was post credits on Falcon and the Winter Soldier too, right? Or was it? Was Jared no, that was that was, that was, was scene, those were scenes baked in into the show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who who is the villain in Black Widow? Is it Jared Harris, or am I confusing it with whatever actor? It was? Ray, Winstone. Ray Winstone. Yeah, Ray Winstone. But, but not, I don't know if I saw this movie. He he was like it, he wasn't in the movie very much. Jared Harris was in Morbius, which nobody saw. So yeah. oh god, didn't see that, but. But yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot going on in the MCU, and we're, we still have uh, three, three shows this year. Um, yes, to and watch. two more films. Two more films, three shows, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas, Christmas special. special. Yep. Plus, oh, an that's untitled. That's yeah, yeah, and an untitled oh. Halloween special directed by Michael Giacchino, which we don't know anything about except the, oh, the star. Um. So who's the so, star? I don't know, some dude. But <laughs> JJ <said> Abrams. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. But 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 yeah, so so essentially we've got five Disney Plus projects plus two films yeah. still this year. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff. And I yeah. haven't even seen Moon Knight. Well, and, and I think like, they're cramming it in too. Like, yeah, either. I, I'm I'm starting to get to feel that overload and just yeah. feel like, y'all, I mean, y- you have to slow down and pump the brakes. Like I, I yeah. heard a rumor that well, I know for sure. Echo is getting her own show. Yeah. So spin off from Hawkeye. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. 
I'm sorry, but I don't care. Um, and then, and then there's a rumor now that Haley Atwell's Captain Carter's getting a show, and I'm like, I don't care. I just don't. They tried and, that. They tried that with with Agent Carter. Yeah, and that, that was, was like, I, that was actually yeah. a good show, by the way. When they canceled but, it, I was I, actually I heard it watching. Was good, yeah, it was. Yeah, I heard it, was it was solid. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm just like, I, at some point we have to pump the brakes and we have to think yeah. like, you know, in game, we've said this before, felt like a series finale, maybe, a, maybe just a season finale, but it felt like a series finale to me. Yeah. And all of this has been epilogue or whatever. And it's like rebuilding. It's a spinoff. It's Star Trek, the next generation. It's, it's like the next thing that happens after yeah. the original series that was, you know, good, pretty good and quickly yeah. acclaimed. And, maybe and maybe so, it's maybe it's the Joey to the friends. It's the Joey to the friends. Yeah, it, it it's. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Nothing is Joey. Um, Joey. But it, 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 it's just one of those things where it feels like we need to pump the brakes and figure out what's yeah. actually important to tell and what's just filler content. Because every TV show gets to a point where they're producing filler. And thus far, I don't feel like Marvel created filler in in the Infinity Saga. I, I don't know. Maybe you could say Ant Man. I don't know. Wouldn't but you argue you? that it's? Get wouldn't out. you argue that it's all filler between the movies? In 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 the Infinity Saga, there wasn't anything in between the movies. Yeah, but I'm saying the shows now kind of feel like they are. Filler well, yeah, for the that's movies. what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. Okay. Is is, yeah. is that the, they're producing filler content now, and and it's starting to feel like it's just content for content's sake. And and like I liked Loki, but I'll be the first to admit it it, it it's detached. It doesn't it it doesn't mean anything. It 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 exists as exposition and as backstory and explanation to the multiverse, which they've since ignored. And it's a launching point for Kang, which I think I think that I think that I mean we we've talked about this before, but like I think that the Disney Plus shows are just a way for them to one you know. I mean, obviously lure in subscribers, but the creative utility yeah. of those shows to me is here's just some, a lot more character centric stuff that would have been hard to get people to come to a theater to see. Um, and to where we don't have to lean as heavily on spectacle. Um, I've, what I've liked about the Disney plus shows so far are how often they don't contain large action sequences as their main set pieces like moon Knight. The best parts of Moon Knight to me are are the the psychological drama of that show and uh, not so much like here's the fight. See, here's Moon Knight fighting this and now here's Moon Knight fighting these guys. And, you know, it's it's much more like some stuff I'm not going to get into because you all haven't seen the series. But those sorts of things to me, what they serve are more as let's introduce and develop these characters in a more fleshed out way so that when people see the movies, we can skip the introductions to these people. We don't have to do a Moon Knight film. We can just have him show up in a movie and people know who he is and generally what he's about if, if they've been watching. And we don't have to waste real estate on either horrible rushed character development or long plotting time consuming character development for multiple characters in an ensemble movie. So that sort of tells me that unless unless we're unless it's franchise characters like Doctor Strange or Captain Marvel that we're going to do movies on where their name is in the title. Most of these movies are going to be some sort of team up or ensemble. And I think they're thinking the less time we have to spend on introducing people, the better. And that combined with pandemic lag 
to where, well, now we've got all these shows done because we finished shooting them and now they're all in post. And so we're just going to like vomit them out to you. And, you know, and of course, like, it, I mean, Dustin, I think like a months ago, we were talking about before we went on hiatus, before our kids were born, we were talking about how slammed this slate was this year because the last year and a half hadn't been because they kept having to push it. And we were like, my God, there's like 12 things, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. all, all happening in succession. That's yeah. just going to be a lot of things. It's true. I, I think here's my thing, because I, I, I completely understand that and see that as a storytelling advantage to say, like, OK, let's let's take a lesser known character, flesh them out and then bring them into the into the films. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to do all of that. But here's the problem with that. A couple things. One, you are now sacrificing introduction of characters um, because there are people who won't watch Moon Knight and they won't see the the introduction of a character now. And that feels weird to me. And then the second thing is like that feels like something you shouldn't be pushing off. That should be mainlined. It, you should be introduced in the most the most seen thing and then fleshed out later if that's what you want to do, but introduced where the most eyes are going to be. It, it makes me wonder how important is this character? Like, okay, you're going to introduce them so that you can use them later. Why are they important later? Prove to me that they're going to be important later because like Moon Knight. Okay, well, when's he going to show up again? Are there any solid plans for him to show up again? Not that I'm aware of, maybe. But if it's we need to wait five years for Avengers four or whatever, five for it for it to show up for him to show up. And it's like, well, that's a long ways away. Why did why did we have to do it now? And why is the important for Avengers five? so important that we had to introduce him before and we couldn't do that in the film proper. It just, it starts to feel like you're introducing a lot of characters here, Marvel. Like you had a lot of characters, you're introducing a lot more and, and I love world building, but they all have to do something. They can't just exist. Like Echo, you're telling me she's going to be as important as all the other characters. I have a hard time believing that. Um, would it be the worst thing in the world if they if they just got a show and just didn't show up in the movies? Like, I don't know. I It, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst, worst thing in the world. But because because here's an example. Right. So if we compare this in media to the um, Bruce Tim Justice League stuff over on the D.C. side of things, they eventually expanded the Justice League show into Justice League Unlimited and in Justice League Unlimited, they broke the team up. So whereas Justice League was like the seven members always in every episode in Justice League Unlimited, they said, hey, uh, this episode's just going to be Batman, Black Canary, and Vixen, right? And this episode's just going to be, and they would they would break the team up into interesting pairings or do a solo episode. Like, this is a Batman episode. They did a whole Batman Beyond story in Justice League Unlimited, and, and it doesn't really include the other heroes. And so you have... Um, the potential here to do something similar where, okay, Avengers five may not bring everybody together, but it's, it may bring, you know, these six people together and we're just going to cherry pick these six. But then the problem is, so then what's the point of moon Knight, or what's the point of echo or what's the point of Falcon and the winter soldier? If they're not showing up in the team up films um, to me, it's just content at that point. And if the if that product is not strong enough on its own, then that's the problem with it being not leading to a team up, right? Falcon and the Winter Soldier, to me, by the end of it, wasn't strong enough to not be leading to something. 
Um, so to me, if it doesn't lead to anything, it's a failure. And that's how I would judge that is, is it a stepping stone or is it just a product? And, and that's what I'm afraid of is that a lot of these are just going to be a product. Hawkeye might just be a product. And that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be so bad if, if it meant that with the shows, they were doing something, I don't know, genre based or something or doing something drastically different between them. And it doesn't, I mean, I've only seen two of the series, so I couldn't speak to it, but it doesn't seem like they're, you know, they might go veer this way or this way, but none of them are doing crazy different things from one another. So, well, I will say like, like WandaVision, for instance, I thought that that justified itself as a show and it did fall apart towards the end a little bit. It started out novel. Yeah, Yeah. that was, that was like, if they did more stuff like that, um, and I, I will say I've, I've enjoyed all the Disney Plus shows so far to to varying degrees, right? I, I think WandaVision was great, and I, I like Loki a lot. Uh, and it's not so it's not the quality for me that's the issue; it's just the amount of it. It's and the, there's, yeah, always, the there's always that risk of like too much of a good thing, and yeah. we're just going to overwhelm people. And uh, I think that probably you know the, the Disney Plus wants a show on every year or every every you know, week, a new episode in the Marvel universe, right? It's like going to be like a year round thing. Um, I think that they wanted to do that with the walking dead and, and they had all those spinoffs of the walking dead. They wanted a new episode of the walking dead every Sunday or whatever mm-hmm. throughout the year. Right. And I think obviously that didn't work out. So, so it's like, I think when you, when you have that mindset of it and it's just too much at once, I don't know it cheapens the brand right and by by extension cheapens those stories when it's just you have so many so many of them right and it's like it it's funny because it makes those like phase one and phase two films look like you know quaint in comparison because it was like you know you get like two maybe two films a year and then i remember when they bumped up to like three films a year everyone was like oh this is the end of marvel how can they keep the quality up and and they did and and but now it's like you have X amount of shows and three or four movies a year. And I, I, you know, so I do think like if one has to be pumped, like the brakes have to be pumped on one, I would, uh, the movies are still solidly very entertaining to me. I will always go see them on opening day or whatever. I always look forward to them. Um, And, and for the most part, they've, they've been very good, but nitpicks here and there, like, like we talked about earlier, but with the shows, it's just kind of like, it's a lot. And, and it's, 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 you know, it's it's a lot of content. It's a big time commitment, like, like, you know, Moon Knight's what, six hours or so. And then and then you've got, you know, She-Hulk and Miss Marvel, both of which I'm like, I don't really have much interest in these. Um, And and then but but do I need them? Like, do I need She-Hulk to know what happened to Hulk? Like, you know, that that's the question. And and, you know, yeah, I, I agree. It's just like. I don't know. I I almost prefer for the films to do the heavy lifting story wise and character arc wise. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just tough because because I also know there's a lot of people like I always think about the lay person. I think of like my parents. They're not going to watch the Disney shows. They haven't watched any of them. So so when they if if my dad asked, he won't. If he asked, can I go? Should I go see Doctor Strange? I'm going to have to be like, well, you haven't seen WandaVision. So I don't, I don't know if you would, if you, if you could jump in, like, I just don't know. I think, and I've said this before, but I think Marvel has, has crossed the threshold and decided like, 
our content is for the fans now. And we're lucky yeah. that so much of the broad audience is fans, which is how we can financially justify right. sort of narrowing the scope of awareness of what these stories are. But yeah. there is always the risk of there are still some people you're going to alienate, but I guess they've just looked at the analytics and been like, yeah, but like 90% of the people who watch our stuff, watch all of it. And this yeah. is the problem to be, yeah. to be fair. This is not just an MCU problem. Like this is the problem with comic books. Mm-hmm. They, the stories go on for ages and suddenly I need to know something that happened in 1987 to understand a book in 1998. Like that, 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 you know, it, it, it's it's crazy. Like I remember being a kid and trying to read Superman and they're referring back to, you know, John Burns run in the 80s. And I'm like, I wasn't alive. I don't I don't know. <laughs> right, right. You know, and so so it, it, it's that sort of that sort of problem where you, at a certain point, you just have to say we're making it for the fans. Like, you know, yeah. you or or you do what, you know, what's been done a million times in the comics and say retcon everything's new and and you know and that that is really easy in comics not so easy in live action so i'm i mean i'm i'm so bought into the the kool-aid of how they're doing all this content i'm wearing a red shirt for christ's sake and i think that for me i look forward to all of these shows like i'd see that she hulk trailer and i was like all right you know i was i'm 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 here for all of it but for me it certainly does become like okay, how, how, how are these going to wrap back together or do they, you know, I'm still very much open to like, or will they like, will Moon Knight be in any of the films or will he only exist in a television universe? And the same with Echo and the same with some of these other characters. And I'm fine with, I'm fine that if there's characters we've seen in films before continuing to be in films and then dip into TV and interact with characters who are mainly only on the TV shows or for TV characters to pop up in movies, I don't need them all to necessarily team up and meet each other especially if they are on varying degrees of the moral spectrum. Like I don't need Moon Knight to meet Captain Marvel. I don't know why they would or why they'd ever be around each other. Um, uh, They might just tangentially affect each other's activities. And I'm cool with that as long as they give me reasons to watch, you know? Yeah. As long as they still entertain me, and I've always said about like the MCU in general, it's like they're popcorn films, but they're really well made. They're, they're, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's as long as that level of quality is kept up, I'll keep watching. And it hasn't like the shows have, like I said, have all been enjoyable. It's just for me that it's that that cyclical thing of like more. Everyone wants more all the time. Yeah. And this, and this is a really good point that ties us back to our topic at hand, which is does it entertain us? Uh, when I was watching Dr. Strange, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Like I was in it and I yeah. enjoyed it while I was watching it. it. It's as I think about it and, and, and let it sit with me that I start to realize some of the flaws, but yeah. when I'm in it, I'm having a good time. Like yes. be, being at the movie theater and seeing Dr. Strange on the big screen, it, it's fun. Um, yeah. so, so <laughs> it's got flaws, same as Spider-Man no way home. But when yeah. I'm watching it on the big screen, it's fun. It's fine. And, 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 yeah. and that's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, a movie can just be fun sometimes. Yeah. And, and so, so I, I had a really great time with this film. There's a lot to love. I mean, not just the Sam Raimi touches, but like ideas in general, just, you know, 
oh, Doctor Strange reanimating that corpse and and having the 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 zombie cape. It's like I thought that was I thought that was so fucking awesome. (laughs) I know. I really love that that whole sequence at the end and the uh, the dark void sanctum and everything like that with the music. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That that's what these movies are as it's popcorn entertainment and it's fun. Um, I there have been times where these movies were more than that. And I think that's what I yes. crave. And I would love to see them be more than that every time. Um, and, and that's why I'm harsh on them sometimes because, because I know it's possible. I know, I know you can do it. Like, like winter soldier still is probably my favorite movie Marvel's ever made like that. And guardians Two are like the best two Marvel movies they've ever done. They, they can supersede the popcorn entertainment um, I, I wish that they all did. And yeah. that, that's why when I see something like, you know, uh, 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 Iron Man two, and I'm like, I was about yeah, to say, don't you say Ant-Man again. I'm not going to say Ant-Man again. <laughs> I learned my me. lesson, John. I learned my lesson. Uh, but when I see something like that, I can say this, this doesn't meet that standard. Um, yeah. and so yeah, fair enough. One of the things that I've, I've just gotten to the point, like, I think we were talking about it when, um, do you remember I don't I don't know if we talked about the potential of an Obi-Wan Kenobi show before it was actually announced or whether Probably. it was announced a long time ago and we got to talking about what we, we talk want about to see. a lot of things, Kellen. I, 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 I got, believe I have a timestamp somewhere of us of us mentioning that show before it was actually announced. Yeah, I, Dustin were like Dustin and I were like, oh, it would be so cool if it was like an awesome like Western spaghetti Western I mean, type of thing. It, yeah, we talked about I, exactly that. And for God's sake, it, it's not even it's 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 not <laughs> even like a super out there idea to where like of like we're geniuses right, for thinking right. of it. Like, no, 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 no. It's, but, it's, but how, gotten, it's the only way to do the show and make it halfway interesting. And then they said, we agree. Yeah, I've just gotten to the point where expectations are the worst thing you can possibly have when it comes to big yeah. shit like this. Yeah. And all of that it means is that do I just want to see something that's like that with the set dressing of these characters or do I just want to see a movie that's like that and I don't really want to see these movies? Like uh I don't know. I've gotten I've gotten more comfortable with the fact that like these just aren't for me. I don't need to talk shit about them all the time just because they're not what I want to watch anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at or where I, I think that's just too lofty of an expectation on your part, Dustin. And I, I totally agree with you, but I just don't think there's any way that you can get that with a broad mass appeal that they need to get return on investment. I, I just don't think it's a thing. I, I think you're probably right, unfortunately. And, you know, I'd like to believe that somewhere there's there's a multiverse out there where like there's there's, uh, you know, artists sitting around and coming up with like stories that are meaningful and thoughtful and well, well conceived and, um, you know, and, and they mean something to the people telling them. They, um, they, they are, but they're just, they're just not selling their scripts. That's all that's. But you know, it, it it's true. And, and, and I mean, this is the way, I mean, I, it, it's no secret how I feel about DC, but then like, you're right. Like expectations are my own worst enemy because I'm never going to actually like a DC movie. I'm sorry. Like I, I, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to like one again. And that's partially because like the Nolan movies I did like, uh, to a point and the Batman I like to a point, but at the end of the day, none of them are giving me what I want, what I, what I expect it to be. And that's a problem. I think as a, uh, creative, 
neurodivergent dude who's like sitting here thinking up stories all the time for Superman to go on adventures. It's like when you give me a Superman movie, I'm always going to be like, nah, that ain't my Superman. <laughs> this ain't my Superman <laughs> this movie. This is not my <laughs> Superman. And like, I, that's always going to be me. So expectations are my own worst enemy. And, and I, like, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way, but, but it's true. Like, that's why, you know, I, I wasn't here when you guys reviewed the Batman, but like Kel and I talked about it a little bit. And, and one of the, one of the refrains of our conversation was like, yeah, but they can't do the cool stuff now. It's like, that's our expectation is, man, if they, if they, if, if somebody handed me a piece of paper and said, write a Batman movie. First of all, I'd be like, I need more than one piece of paper, dog. But I'd be like, I'd be like, I got to write really small. This is going to be like, like 0.7 font. Um, I, I would be Give like, Ant-Man. we got to blow up this page. Bring it all back around. It's going to be Ant-Man. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would be like, I'd be like, all right, so here's the deal. Here's what I'm writing. And like toss out all the crazy stuff that I love. And, and no one else is going to give me all the crazy stuff that I love. Um, uh, it's, it's like, man, kind of, oh, to be a dude who just enjoys stuff and doesn't think creatively about stuff. Like, and just be like, oh, that was a cool Batman movie, man. They had yeah. Batman in it. Not, what else do you want? And uh, I'm I'll, like, but Killer Croc would be cool. And I'll, I'll piggyback uh, on that idea sometimes. And I'll, I'll, it's okay if I sound like a total asshole phrasing it this way, just for, just for expedience. But sometimes it sucks to think about movies on any, like any level more in depth than just surface. Like I'm trying to say this weird, like it, it sucks to not just be a passive consumer of broad entertainment. Yeah. Like most people, because I've said this before, it's incredibly frustrating when if someone asks you what you think of a movie and you don't just reply, it was cool because, because I can, because, because, that was cool. Right. Because as soon as I go, well, you know, I can see them going like, oh fuck, like here it comes. And I'm like, yeah. like just when someone anticipates well, your thoughts as tiresome because yeah. you, think about things more than they do it's like so i I know i sound like a huge prick saying it like that like i think about things more than other people but like what i think y'all know what i'm trying to say is just like i I would enjoy life so much more if i just didn't think about movies as much that's like the people who watch it and go yay black bolt like i wish i could be that (laughs) oh look there's a joker yeah well i feel like it's like it sucks and it doesn't suck because like like earlier when we were talking about roger rabbit it's great that we can like phrase why we like that and why that something like that works so well you know what i mean it's not just like cartoons are fun yeah and yeah. and they're they're interacting with humans it uh, was you know funny. <laughs> so yeah. so the opposite end of the spectrum is like my mom never goes to see movies and she still talks about like oh i liked this that one movie that one time we saw kellen and i'm like what and she's just and this the movie that she routinely goes back to i honestly think it's the last time she saw a movie in, in theaters was the Johnny Depp Alice in Wonderland uh, movie? Wow! Wow! Yeah, she goes. She goes. That was so great when we saw that, and I was like, uh, "That was like fifteen, that was like how, 13 12, years ago. Thirteen years <laughs> yeah. ago, and that movie sucked." And I'm just Kelly, like, I, "I love at the end where he does the dance where his head turns around and he unhinges all his limbs." It was so silly. Yeah. It, at the time, if you asked her what she liked, she's like, "I got out of the house and I went into a room I haven't been before." Like that's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so the bottom of the barrel as far as like easily amused is just mm-hmm. people that see colors and lights on a screen and go 
That movie Yay. we saw 13 years ago that yeah. I bring up routinely because it's the last time I saw a theater movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Only frame of reference. And then yeah. if I would and be I, like, what did you think about the character development, Mom? She'd be like, the what? Who? Yeah, yeah right. I, I and, think- and real quick, and then I'll, I'll rest my case. Like, like I profess it was like, I could, I know the the nuts and bolts of like what makes a film work and doesn't work, but I could never like make one myself. You right. know what I mean? So I don't, I don't want to proselytize like, it's like, oh, Roger Rabbit. I know exactly why that worked and blah, blah, blah. Cause I don't, right. I, in hindsight, it's easy for me to go, oh, this was really good or this was not so good. But, uh, but I feel like the issue that Dustin was talking about, it's like, I, I will say that that goes beyond like Marvel and DC. That's like an issue that I feel like it's it, it, when you're making a big film in one of these studios, that's just, they're going to go with like the, the bit, most appeal, yeah. like how much action, how much, you know, what are the visual effects? Like, it's just kind of that way. And if you're like base is like big robots fighting each other, I will say for at least like this film, it offered something different than just that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was more than just like, here's, here's a big action sequence. And you know, it's, it, well, it and, had more than that. Right. It had like a man possessing like, a corpse, a corpse and then he yeah. had like eight arms and yeah. you know there was different like like so as long as they keep differentiating themselves from like your standard blockbuster which they haven't always done but a lot of the time they do that's kind of w- why i keep watching right I'll, I'll make two final points and they're they're both very short but to piggyback on the previous conversation i, I we and i'll say i like i love avengers endgame more than most people on the planet probably do because i have an appreciation for everything about it that i think works and some people are just like look the people all the people and then they win and but but so there's that <laughs> um but for for doctor strange spoiler. i'll say that like yeah, sorry <laughs> spoiler um what doctor strange and what some of the other what 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 the better mcu films did and are doing and to some aspect the shows what works about the shows what they're doing is reintroducing that where there is still cinematically hope for them um in the grand scheme of art is that they are sort of sneakily introducing to audiences here's something like mixed in with all this broad stuff that meets your expectations completely here's just a here's some elements here and there that you may not realize that you're into then now you probably are. I think most people wouldn't expect to see Dr. Strange possessing a corpse and having a, a zombie cape, but they see it and they're like, shit, that's cool. And then, you know, the, you, you just introduce a little seed of appreciation for like some weird macabre stuff that is in this, you know, comic book film. And then you go, do I like horror movies? Maybe I like horror movies. And then you, you, you maybe you dip your toe into that person's other works. It's a fair point. If you like wade just a little bit into any kind of like news articles about this movie on the internet, you'll find out who Sam Raimi is. And then you might go look at Sam Raimi and you might watch dark man. And I like all this other, you know, evil dead and all that stuff. (laughs) Oh, he's the one who did those like little kids. Like be like, Oh, he's the one that made those Spider-Mans that came out before I was born. Maybe I should go watch those or something like that. And they'd be like, Oh, I'm definitely going to, cause I saw Toby Maguire and then right. yeah. I saw that old yeah. man dressed as Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he looks sad. Did you, I saw an article. <laughs> he's, he was as old in that movie as Willem yes. Dafoe was. Yeah. Oh, wait, did you post uh, yeah. that in the I, chat? I, I, I said yeah. that earlier today. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was the senior moment. I was like, did you guys oh, see boy. that? <laughs> 
Did you see that thing you sent? Uh, that yes. thing? Uh, yes. Just a few yeah. hours ago, in fact. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is Marvel is a gateway drug. Pretty much like what I mean, Marvel, these movies are made by people who love movies. I mean, and and, and they are very uh, they are very clear about, you know, what got them into movie making. And a lot of it is genre filmmaking, like Star Wars and other stuff. And some of it is a little bit more, a little bit different, like James Gunn, like that guy, Roger Corman. So like there's a lot of weird shit that informs how he likes to approach story. But it, but it works for what that man has been through and how he likes to express his art. And that goes for any number of these really um, big name or well now big name directors um, who have, you know, made a name for themselves through Marvel and around Marvel. And some of them like Sam Raimi, who he already had a name, you know, and, and just sort of lent his, his sensibilities to this movie. And I think elevated it. I mean, I don't know what Scott Derrickson would have done with this movie, but I'm sure glad that Sam Raimi directed it because I walked out of it going, that was different and I liked it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's a very good point, Hooper. And it's something that, that I think is underrated is, is it it was through blockbuster film that I got into more obscure things. um, And why I still go back and watch old movies. Like I watched, you know, one this week from 1941. It's like, I, I, I enjoy the art of cinema and, and it wouldn't have without tracking that line down of like, I love Jurassic park. I love Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg made this other movie and he was inspired by Alfred Hitchcock. Let me go check out. Alfred. And like following that rabbit trail down, it's really what inspires people to, to be the next generation of filmmakers. And, you know, if, if, if seeing Shang-Chi, makes you want to check out other Asian led film, you know, you've got the farewell and you've got um, a bunch of really cool films that exist out there or, yeah. or, you know, it, it, freaking, I don't know. I'm just looking through my, my what's the one with, here, what's like, the one with Steven Young that they just did? What was that one? Oh, Minari. Oh, yeah, Minari. Very good movie. Oh, yeah. um, you know, there's that or, or Logan made me want to go see uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which is one of the, one of the best films the studios yeah. have released in the last little bit. And, um, you know, just seeing something that with with broad appeal and following the the tunnel back to all of its influences is a lot of fun. That's how I found out about if we're being honest, that's how I found out about Superman, the movie. Like, I remember watching that when I was a kid, but not not really paying much attention to it because, like, I, I don't know, I, I just didn't pay any attention to it. And then and then I hear Sam Raimi one day talking about these movies that I love called Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 and saying, like, I was totally inspired by Superman. And it's like, well, I got to go check those out again. Mm-hmm. And so here here I am in 2003, 2004, going back and checking out Superman the movie and going like, oh, dude, I really do love this movie. And and then following that down. Oh, what else did Richard Donner do? Oh, he you know, he was inspired by this guy. And then and then just following that down and, and then you end up who knows where. And, and that that is really cool. So I don't know how we got onto that, but no, I, I love it. That's that, that yeah. a great, it's a great point. Yeah. And, and, you know, it brings things full circle and eventually you end up down the line at, you know, citizen Kane and you, and you think like, Oh crap. Like, yeah, movie is art. Like, yeah. that's Direct cool. line from Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. <laughs> all the way to citizen, citizen Kane. Kane. All the way back to, the, all the, way to, to the page master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> And and as always, city slickers. 
Oh. Curly's <laughs> Gold? Curly's Gold? No. City Slickers 2. City Slickers 2. I've never seen City Slickers 2, but I had a VHS of it when I was a kid, but it never worked. I could put it in the VCR and it would just be like blank. And I was it like, I want to see this. But yeah. Jack was Pounce it any good? said no. Jack Balance. <laughs> I love City Slickers too as a kid. It was only as an adult that I realized it was so reviled. And then when I looked back <laughs> on it, I was like, yeah, it was very tropey. Like it's entertaining enough, but, but yeah, I mean, you know. And if this, and if this podcast inspires it's, you it's to just watch for money. anything, it should inspire you to Somebody's watch Hooper. Gonna... Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> Hooper, how many times when we were at the movie stop in Savannah did I walk past that and bring it up to you? Like every time I was like, you got to buy this. <laughs> like every time. To this day, I've never seen that. Uh, the mystique of it. It's like Burt Reynolds, painterly cover. There's no context as to what it's about. I, I think about that movie all the time because I'll routinely Google our show to figure out if we've talked about something before. So I'll be like, Hooper cast, you know, Frozen or something. And the first thing that comes up is cast of Hooper 1978. And I'm like, gosh, like, I'm always just like, they're That's giving me the cast dark. of Hooper. Yeah. Where's my copy of Eastbound and Down? Loaded up and trucked. It's, yep. Do you have the whole series? No, I just have the first one. Okay. Oh. Hold on. We need to sign off so that we can all go to bed. But <laughs> well, now I gotta find these bounded down. We can't leave until Dustin. got you beat. Oh, John's, John got it. Oh. John tooks it, passed it through the windows. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> do, you, do you know, you know, how weird my brain is? How I got there was from Hooper to Burt Reynolds to uh, smoking the smoking bandit. bandit, he's bounding down, yeah. loaded up. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, y'all. Thanks for doing this. I know we went a little bit long, but. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, always a pleasure. We're gonna end on some ASMR, you guys. Kellen would like you to watch Prison <laughs> Bitch, or sorry, listen to Prison Bitch, or watch them in person at a show. Per his watch. hat. Listen to me drink this water. <laughs> oh <God>. stop! <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna hit too stop. Real. On too the real. Recording. I can feel it coming I in the air. I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm afraid. My mind is going, Dave. I'm going to hit stop now. Dave. Uh, same Dave. old, stop. same old link. <laughs> what? what? Is it the same old link? Stop. <laughs> it's not even funny. It's like, it's, I'm laughing because he's laughing. <laughs> Man, this is total flashbacks to being up too late in college. This is exactly what would happen. Connor would just be laughing at nothing. John would be laughing because Connor's laughing. There would be times where we'd just be laying in the darkness, like going to sleep, and I'd be like, laying in the darkness. And then we would start laughing. It'd be like Miss Piggy supermarket shopping, and we would do that like the hours before we went to sleep. What? What do you mean, Miss Piggy Supermarket? Like, shop? we would just go, like, Hooper's really great. He could just, like, come up with these bizarre scenarios and just, like, fully commit to them. And they're funny. Like, like that that doesn't sound funny, but when he's doing the voice and he's, like, picking up some peas to eat, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. What do you think we should have for dinner tonight? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's some peas yeah. and carrots. Oh, gosh. Butter. The flashbacks I'm having right now. <laughs> it's just John. You sound just like him when you do the Dave.
Stop. I'm afraid, Dave. I have a song for you. Would you like to hear it? Dave. Stop, Dave. Stop. I just think it's funny because you're okay. saying the word stop. <laughs> stop. The file is uploading. I Thank you, Kel- oh, are we Kel- done? Kellen's the only one who's trying to leave. Oh, I stopped yeah. recording a while That's, ago. Okay. I'm uploading. I want to go watch some. I want to go watch some angry video game nerd before oh I go to bed. Oh my god. Dave, stop.